Hey, listen up. We got another episode of Wise Cracks. Featuring the crack man himself, Bill Krakenberger. And our co-host, John Orlando. Straight from Las Vegas. Wise Cracks is your ticket inside the world of sports betting. With tips, picks, special guests, and more. Only on WSN.com. Hey everybody, John Orlando here, welcoming you back to Wise Cracks. And of course, when I say Wise Cracks, no Wise Cracks episode is complete without the man himself, Mr. Bill Krakenberger. What's going on, Crack? Hey man, thanks for uh, that nice intro. And yeah, we're, we're back and I'm back in the home studio. So here we go. Yeah, I like it. It's good. <clears throat> Sorry, it's good to see you back. Uh, today, we've got a fun show. We've got our good friend, Mr. Jake Ellenberger, uh, joining us, a uh, famous UFC fighter and uh, sports betting uh, 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 regular, as I should say. He loves yeah. he loves the game just like we do. He's a he's into uh, following Mr. Crack wins all the time. He yeah, he's the guy that app religiously. Yeah, he is. And he's done. He's done very well doing that. And he's also the guy that put us together. So uh, 100%. I, I met you from Jake. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a great time, a great ride. And he's been a good friend. And so have you, John. So thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. And uh, crack. Uh, we've got some good news. Vegas is opening up a little more. Uh, we're at 35 percent capacity up from 25 percent. Uh, gyms, fitness, uh, health studios, uh, the gaming floors, the racetracks, the bowling alleys, the pool halls, everything, uh, 35%. And I hear, I want to say March 15th, they've already said we're, the plan is to go to 50%. So, uh, we're, we're, we're coming back, crack. Yeah. You know, um, 50% may see a difference. You're not going to see a big difference. 25 to 35. There's no one outside the casino with a little counter clicking, uh, (laughs) monitoring 25 to 35%. So it's just a number for, uh, the public and for, uh, the officials to think, but listen, it could have been at 50% now. No, you know, no one would stop. I'm sorry. We're at 25%. You guys are going to have to go home. That's not happening anywhere in the city that I know of. Right. So, uh, listen, we had become a weekend town. We're nowhere near back to the levels we were pre-pandemic. So, uh, weekends are packed. Yet, you go to a place like you said, you and I were talking off air, like Circa, and you could see the buzz down there, especially on the weekends. People want to see Circa. They want to go down there. It's the newest property in town. And uh, I'm sure the places like that get a lot of foot traffic, like Caesars Palace, uh, maybe some of the MGM properties, I'm sure it's kind of the same, but... Yeah, you go to a place like the Sahara or even other places downtown, especially midweek, and uh, there, there's nothing going on. There's nothing. No, going on. no, there isn't. Yeah, midweek, it's kind of like a ghost town. Um, the only place I would say, and I know people probably think that they pay us to say this, but they absolutely don't. But uh, I mean, I had dinner at Circa last Tuesday night with friends. And it felt like Vegas, man. It felt like Vegas on a Friday night. It was, there's just an energy there. Um, you know, there's, there's more people than I think any of the other casinos, but um, there's an energy, the way they laid out that property. It just, it works. It is. There is an energy when you go in there. You're right. I actually like uh, going down there and getting that vibe and buzz. And plus I know a lot of people there, so we're, we're happy. And uh, we're going to have Derek Stevens, the owner of the Circa on this uh, Wisecracks podcast sooner or later. So uh, he's already agreed when I seen him in person to come on. So I uh, look forward to it. Look forward to it. 
That would be great. Uh, last weekend, crack was a big UFC weekend. It was, uh, I got it. I was, uh, I, I picked six fights. I went four and two, but I got the co-main and main incorrect, which really bugs me because uh, those are the ones for bragging rights. I like to always get right. But uh, I think I told everybody, bet the house on on Gilbert Burns and uh, you would have lost your house again. So I, I shouldn't use yeah. that phrase anymore, yeah, should no. I? Bet the house and it's a lock or not in my <laughs> repertoire and they shouldn't be on yours either, John. All right. I'm gonna, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to work. Uh, yeah. That one, that one hurt. Uh, but our good friend, I don't know if you saw the fight or if you saw any clips, our good friend from the show, former wisecracks guest, Julian Marquez um, got beat up for the first two rounds. You know, it was his first fight back in almost three years and uh, his coach gave him a pep talk uh, with very colorful words that I cannot say on the air here in between the second and third rounds, James Krause gave him a, a pep talk and told Julian basically go out there and hit that guy really, really hard uh, with one word in, in the middle there uh, that I, I can't say on air. But uh, Julian did exactly that. And uh, it was able to get the guy down on the ground and ended up winning by submission. Uh, an incredible comeback for Julian Marquez. And post-fight, I don't know if you saw this, he, uh, you know, it's, it's customary when a fighter wins the fight, they get interviewed by Joe Rogan after the fight, and then they usually call out whoever they want next. And that's the beginning of creating some buzz for their next fight. Um, Julian's call out was a little different. He called out for Miley Cyrus to be his Valentine. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and she retweeted tweeted it and told him that if he were to shave an MC into his chest hair, that uh, consider it done, she would be his date. And uh, currently right now, I believe they are, they've decided they're going to try to raise some money for charity uh, and, and, and shave his chest, uh, I think on live TV or something. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a cool well, story. Yeah. yeah. Previous yeah. guest on wise cracks. He's a good guy. And I'm glad he got that third round uh, submission. I know he was, uh, behind early in the fight. I heard I didn't watch it, but I heard about it. So good. Yeah. So uh, listen, all of you sports fans out there, it's time to remind you to head over to WSN.com as crack always does every week. Uh, it's the best site where you can go uh, and become a winning player with all of the information that is on that site, uh, strategy guys and all kinds of good stuff on there. Isn't that right? Crack. Yeah. You know, now that the Super Bowl is over, uh, I'll go to WSM more first, looking at the, some March Madness bonuses and stuff because they are one, uh, they are one stop shopping there, so they got everything. So, and, and it's also one of the cool things I really like about doing the show. I get to promote a site that I actually use uh, and can go there all the time. It's a goldmine just for advantage gamblers and and regular guys alike. Uh, if you want to be an advantage gambler, it's got everything: the articles, links, like I said, the promos uh, for the best online sports book, the bonus money they have going. Nothing like it anywhere. So if you haven't already, go check out WSN.com. All right. And uh, Crack, um, we've in the past, uh, we explored some of Crack's top five. Uh, we did your top five movies, your TV shows. I think we did bands uh, one time for this week. I thought maybe we could make this a little more of a of an educational top five. And you could share with us, because uh, clearly we know I need it, your top five money management rules. Can you, can you shed some uh, light on that for us? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> You know, a lot of people, they, they dream to become a professional sports better and not to punch a clock or have a boss. And I, I'm here to tell you that literally upwards of 99% fail. It's, it's that simple. But um, I'm going to give you a couple simple rules to follow and help you move in the right direction anyway. Uh, and I always say to people to start, you know, start just like I did. I was working two jobs uh, back in the early 90s and I started 
just sampling little sports betting things myself. And uh, I, I met someone who changed my life, like I've said previously. So you start out small. I was, I was still working two jobs. I was trying to make money betting sports. When I had enough of a bankroll, I quit one of the jobs. And eventually, I quit both jobs. So um, all right, number one, always have that allotted bankroll specifically for sports betting. This is literally put aside to build up a bankroll with. And then, then you can do a monthly evaluation, check your bankroll, write out your bad habits that cost you money. So just make sure that bankroll is allotted just for that. It's not for paying any bills. It's not for going out to eat even. It's just your sports betting slash gambling bankroll. And then is that, I don't mean to cut you up. No, please do. Is that something you would add to? Like, uh, so you'd start with, let's say it's, it's $500. Yep. Um, are you, would you still add to that bankroll above and beyond if you're winning? Obviously, if you're winning, it's going to add to it, um, right? And do all of the winnings stay in that bankroll? Oh, definitely. Because now you want to, you, your goal is to bet more on each game. And that gets to my number two. So good question. Number two, you never bet more than, I always say 2%, but you can even go up to 3% of your bankroll, depending on what sport it is. Uh, so never really bet against uh, above that 3% on any one event. So that's an example. If you have a $10,000 bankroll, I know it's a big starting bankroll, but if you have a $10,000 allotted bankroll for sports betting, your biggest bet should be $300, plain and simple. Uh, Now, as you say, as your bankroll increases, that means your bet size is going to increase. So when it gets to $20,000, you're betting $600 a game. So you want to get to a level where you're comfortable to actually one day take some money out of that bankroll, but you want to make sure for for your other things, almost make it into a a salary for yourself or whatever it may be. And you pay taxes on on, on sports betting gambling wins. So uh, that's what you want to do. It's a good question. And then let me ask you this. So, so 3% of your bankroll. So let's use the 10,000, you'd bet 300 a game. Um, Is there a cap to how many games someone should be betting. So like it could, could you bet every single game on the NFL on an NFL Sunday, as long as it's just 300 bucks and, you, well, and you're, you're not going to bet NFL Sunday. If you follow me, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I don't even bet NFL Sundays. That's for the public. That's for the squares. That's for the suckers. But uh, as far as college basketball goes, I like to give out two or three games a day when, on, on a busy day, but I'll bet, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 games, depending on the card, especially on a Saturday. I'm, I'm talking about, um, and, and you know what people, the old school way of thinking was, oh man, this guy bets all these games. How can he win? You're betting all these games laying 11 to 10. Well, I'll tell you right now, it's not the way I look at it. It's not the way any sharp guy looks at it. The more volume that goes through the window, I have an advantage on this stuff. So the more volume that goes through the window, it, it becomes an X factor. That X factor becomes so much money. You can't get so much money down. You can't get 10,000 a game down. I mean, I could, but I understand you guys, you know, working with bankroll restrictions. So you want, actually want to spread it out and you want to, you actually want to spread it out amongst all my games or all your games, whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, cause you're going to get some variance in there. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So you're going to get some variance that comes in there and you want to be able to handle those bankroll swings and variance. In the end, uh, the more volume, the more money you're going to make. And you may not necessarily bet the entire 3%, right? Uh, uh, oh, no. Some things are 1%. 1%. I, okay. Oh, yeah. I have 1%, 2%. Yeah. So 
Um, again, going into number three now here. Most of the bets that you should make, uh, you make should have an edge. You compare what numbers you're getting to the closing number uh, at the sharper sports books. If you're beating the closing number the majority of the time, then you're definitely on the right track. Now, listen, there's a lot of manipulation out there too. So again, uh, you have to know when you're being manipulated or not. You have to know the indicators in the market. So one thing good about Bill Krakenberger, I definitely have them all covered. When you say manipulator, can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. Uh, overnight, if I want, let, let's say I have a team like uh, I'll use some major public teams, which, by the way, I really don't bet a lot of major public. You won't see me betting Michigan's Dukes and you won't see me betting those big those big teams like that um, too often. Anyway, let's just use an old fashioned giant rivalry, Duke UNC. So overnight, let's say uh, one of these syndicate groups and when I say syndicate sports betting syndicate groups. They, their side of the game they want is UNC, you know, plus two points. Well, overnight, when the smaller, when, when you can only bet smaller amounts of money, but at the key sports books, that same syndicate that wants UNC plus two may actually bet Duke minus the two, and all the other sports books will copy. And, you know, because you're only betting two or three sports books that control the market, everyone else copies off them. Nobody has in house bookmakers. Um, Circa does in here in Vegas, but no one else does um, as far as college basketball. I, I shouldn't say that. Westgate does some stuff too. But so you actually, the syndicate group will actually bet the Duke minus the two overnight. The game will go to three everywhere, copied as three everywhere. And 6 a.m. in the morning, that same syndicate that laid the two for a grand or two will come back any other way and take 20,000 uh, plus three or, or something like that. Uh, so that that's manipulating the market and happens every day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, what's number four? Number four. This is an important one. And this really crosses any, any kind of gambling. Never, never chase or overbet your losses. This is probably the number one reason why people fail trying to become a professional, professional sports better. But I'll also use this as in casino too. You know, I play some video poker and I play advantage deals. They had one pre, they had a 20 time point deal recently. And, uh, you know, once the deal's over, let's say it's four to 6 p.m. Well, when 6 p.m. comes around, it's hard. The deal's over. You don't get 20 time points anymore, which is probably worth, by the way, about 50 bucks an hour, $100 an hour. Now, you, by basic strategy and perfect play, you don't get that anymore. Now you're back to one time points, which that means the casino now has the edge on you again. But you're stuck six grand. It's very hard for someone that has that came to the casino with ten thousand bucks to say, "Ah, the promotion's over. I lost six grand. Let's go eat, sweetie." (laughs) Very hard to do. But hey, that's the difference between a professional gambler and an advantage gambler, and someone that wants to be an advantage gambler going into that four grand, blowing that, trying to chase their loss. To that point, uh, I'm going to use the P word real quick. Uh, I've I've had parlays where the first leg loses during like, let's say a UFC card. It drives me nuts when I lose the first leg of a parlay. I will get into my car. I will go down the street and I will redo that parlay. That is You'll a- bet the second leg of the parlay with something else. <laughs> yeah, now you have three legs. Yeah. It's, uh, you're not alone though, John. It's most of the public. And, and uh, listen, I've been there. I have been that person when I was a teenager, you know, betting like crazy and just trying to chase losses and stuff. And 
you know, you learn from certain situations and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to say, but uh, I probably had an allergy to money growing up back East and uh, I just wanted to always win. And, and I didn't want to be a loser for the day. It's a little bit of ego too with people. They don't want to be a loser. hundred so. percent. Yeah. And so how do you, like, I know you say like you, you got smarter and stuff, but like, how do you, is it just, it's almost like quitting, like smoking, right? Like you just have to quit cold Turkey on those bad habits. Is that, yeah. is that what tomorrow's you another day? I know I'm going to have edge on tomorrow's, you know, tomorrow's going to be another day with an edge. Why start pushing edges that you don't even know if they're edges. Now you're betting your own stuff. You're betting stuff, right. with minute edges, small little edges. And now you're betting a giant amount of money on this when really you should be betting this a bigger amount. Uh, not that you're going over that two, 3%, but you should be betting that full amount on something that is worth a lot more compared right. to betting. But just because you're chasing betting something that probably has a no edge, probably has a negative edge. So it becomes uh, an emotional it does, uh, impulse buy, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, let's get into number five here. Okay, so, go for it. This is an important one for me, and I kind of stress this all the time. You guys have all heard this before. Line shopping. You should have as many outs slash sports books as you can handle. There will always be a little discrepancy in the numbers at each respectable book. I don't mean every single game, but you'll find a half a point there and there. Well, half points matter. So always check to make sure you're getting the best number uh, available, available at any given time. And you should have all those square sports books, the ones that throw me out, like William Hill and Stations, and uh, even, even the uh, like the coast properties, you should always have them in your repertoire because they're giving, they're pushing those big favorites uh, up a half a point here and there, and you're getting those extra half points. So here you go. This is one that I have definitely learned so much um, on from doing the show with you uh, in the last whatever it's been five six months. Um, yeah, night and day difference, and I, like I've heard you talk about it before, but it wasn't until I. I uh, I, I started to get the picture, but once we did that Atlantic City trip, I went to Atlantic City with you and I watched yep. you do it in person, live, comparing all of those lines yeah. and how you would just lay off and, and have the discipline. It really is a big difference. Like, I know it sounds, you, I know I say that and you're probably like, yeah, dummy, that's what I've been <laughs> saying. But um, sometimes it's like you just got, we're visual, right? We, we need to yeah. see it. And seeing, seeing you apply that uh, really changed things for me. And now I'm very mindful of it. Cool. Yeah. You know, uh, I think you see me pass on a bet too. So if yeah. I'm supposed to lay four on a bet and the only thing is four and a half, even though I could buy it to minus four, minus 20, I'm not going to lay 12 to 10. I'm supposed to lay 11 to 10. It's a pass. Maybe the line will come back and you just go on to the next game, the next advantage. Well, crack. That's fantastic. Um, that top five was the perfect segue for me to talk about the crack wins app because you preach these tips to your members and the crack wins app and the website. It all has all the betting guides, all the tips, all the strategies of everything you talk about on this show week in and week out and more. So guys at home watching, listening, please be sure to download the crack wins app on Apple. It's on Google or just go to the website, crackwins.com. He's got everything you got. And just because football is over, uh, let me remind you, He's not too shabby at picking college hoops, pro basketball, uh, golf. This is the man right here. So download the Crack Wins app today and get in the winner's circle. What are you waiting on? Yeah, How's you know, that? we have uh, that's, today. That's, that's a nice, that's a nice <laughs> plug. Yeah, we're excited about it too. We, we've done really well. Uh, we've done really well this year in college basketball, especially. But golf matchups and stuff, we have stuff going on right until uh, you know baseball, and then we start up a baseball again. And I, I can't wait. Imagine I'm saying this: I can't wait till the NFL starts up again. We had that kind of a season in the NFL this year, so we're excited. 
That's often uh, that's awesome. And and crack off the air. Uh, you mentioned that there's going to be a March Madness contest. Yes, yes, we're really excited about that too. It's free to enter, thousands of dollars worth of prizes. It should be a lot of fun. You know, I love the tournament, so this is a great way to get into, you know, uh, get the fans in, get my subscribers in, get, get you know, get just get the public in really uh, to uh, to see what's up. Maybe we, we haven't really got narrowed down the details yet, but we're going to be as we get closer to this tournament. Here, we want some people to have some fun with us, and uh, we look forward to it. All right. Well, uh, a little earlier today, we sat down with Mr. Jake Ellenberger from the UFC, and here's how our interview went with Jake. All right, crack. It's that time to bring on our guest. And this one's a little extra special today because we've talked about this man multiple times on the show. Uh, uh, He's a former Marine. He was a former UFC fighter, not just a UFC fighter. This guy was ranked as high as number four in the welterweight division. Uh, He fought a bunch of legends. He knocked out 19 out of his 31 wins. And I speak of the man that actually we, you and I would not be doing this show together if it wasn't for Mr. Jake Ellenberger, because he introduced us. What's going on? Absolutely. Jake? Cool. What's going on guys? Thanks for the introduction, John. That you like quite that? A, quite an introduction there. Yeah, that was big. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't think about that either, Jake, you know, if it wasn't for you, uh, I wouldn't have met John and uh, yeah. So, and, and here we are. He's uh, my co-host now on a show. I'm sure he's giving you a piece of the action and all the big money he's making. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. You know, you know, John and I, we've, we've done the Super Bowl here every year. And I, I remember, uh, I think it was maybe the first, one of the first years we came out and, and uh, met you for a quick minute. So, yes, we have, we've had some good years here. Yeah. Jake, nice who, who did you know first? Did you meet me first or crack first? We were talking before we started, uh, before you came on earlier. We were wondering, who, who did you meet first? Yeah, I met crack first. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Do some friends. Do some friends. I, w- I want to say, I mean, maybe ten years ago, at least. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I mean, we you probably know, we a little have, more. Yeah. We have some <laughs> friends, and yeah, it could be over ten. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. I did not realize that. Okay, so I thought I had seniority on the on the friend scale, but I see I don't. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. That's good, man. That's good. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's get into it, Jake. A uh, couple couple questions here. Uh, first one. I never, and this is stuff I've never talked about with you or asked you anything about this. So this is, this is going to be good for me and, and the viewers and listeners. So wait. when you first got into this, like, what did your family think when you told them you wanted to make a career of ultimate fighting, you know? And, and, and also a second part of the question is, how did you actually break in to, to the UFC back then? So how'd you get in? What'd your family think? Um, yeah. Well, what's up, Jake? Yeah. I mean, I'd say when I first started, I started like most fighters. I was a fan first. Um, and that was still kind of the early days. Like I was a big boxing fan as well. Boxing fan, uh, MMA was still new. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the couture and, and Chuck Liddell kind of era really changed and evolved the game. But, uh, it, it, it's funny. Cause when my brother Joe and I first started fighting, uh, I was still living with my mom and she, she kicked us out of the house. She said, if you're going to do this, you're not going to live here. And wow, you know, it, so it was, it's, it's funny. We, we laugh about it now, but she obviously didn't know a lot about the sport and, and the, the regulation and the commission. So it wasn't just like, we're going to get in a, in a, in a, a cage fight with no rules. You know, there was, there was doctors, there was reps. It was, you know, a little bit more of a, some, some rules than she had even anticipated. But uh, yeah, that was back in, I want to say 2000, 
four or five right around there. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's evolved so much. I mean, I, I've had a lot of incredible opportunities throughout my career. Um, and even like John said, was, was up into the top, top four, top five in the world at one point. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful though. I so what do you do? You have to go up different levels though, Jake, you start at a certain level, you kind of break in, or is it, or is it what you know, who you know, how you're fighting or how, how does it actually work to break into a big sport like that, the UFC? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. Cause I think like most things who, you know, is important. Um, especially with, with managers nowadays. I mean, it, even when I first, my first fight in the UFC was 2009. Um, and it was, it was one of those short notice opportunities. So, you know, for me, it was like, it was a win-win. Um, and originally when I, when I first started fighting, my goal was to get, was to get one fight in the UFC. It was to fight one time in the UFC. That was literally my goal when I started fighting. I was like, I was in college. I was like, you know what, if I could fight in the UFC, um, that would be, that would be my accomplishment. And, uh, you know, here, here we are fast forward 10 years and 22 fights in the UFC. So it's awesome. Been quite, yeah. been quite a road, but, uh, to answer your question, though, there's not really a, an easy answer. I mean, a lot of a lot of people, it comes down to you know who manages you, who you know, um, and the other one is obviously if you're just a uh, a showstopper, if you if you're incredibly fun to watch or have a personality, you know, then then they'll certainly draw interest. But uh, there's a lot of avenues to get in the UFC, but uh, it's the, the competition's certainly getting harder and harder. Cool. And Jake, along those lines, if we're talking about when you first broke into the UFC, I know your first fight was against a now uh, MMA legend, uh, probably future Hall of Famer, Carlos Condit, your first UFC fight that you took on, uh, I want to say like a, a week's notice or something like that. And you ended up losing a split decision, um, which I think you actually won that fight, but I'm probably biased. But uh, uh, my question to you is when you, when you obviously you're working to get into the UFC you know, you you can't you you dream about that moment. You take the fight on short notice because you've you've got the guts to do it. And when you come up a little short, how do you rebound from that? That's what's really impressive to me is the fighters like you that are able, all of you, you're always dealing with such adversity, right? Because half of the fighters lose on any on any given night, right? One's gonna win, one's gonna lose. How did you rebound from that loss? Uh, and and become the fighter that you ended up becoming in the UFC. We had, to, I mean, I'd say for for starters, um, when I took the fight, the, the first fight with with Condit, I think it was ten days notice. Um, but it was it, like I said, there was there was no downside. It was a win win. It was like, and it, there's almost a there's almost a, a satisfying feeling like it. You, you go in there with nothing to lose. You know, it's like whatever happens happens. And and I mean, you could see that the first round. I was I was a little reckless, but. Um, almost, almost got him out of there, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this sport, I think if you're in this sport specifically, I mean, it comes down to like, you have to have that, that drive and, and really that resilience. Cause, uh, like everything, you're going to have ups and downs and, and bad days and, uh, you know, close losses, but yeah, I mean, resiliency, you see, you see guys come back and, and, uh, it's, it's, it's gotta be ingrained in you for sure. But yeah, I think that's one of those things too, like, like we were talking about earlier is, by the time you get to like the UFC kind of level, like that's getting through some challenges. It, it, it should be, it's kind of a prerequisite in a way. And part two of my question would be, have you, does it carry over into your personal life in terms of because you're, you face the adversity you face fighting week in and week out, has it made it easier to deal with the just normal stress that life brings? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it, I always joke with with uh, with Mackenzie, my wife. Now I'm like, man, fighting was easy. With three, you know, we have we have three kids, but uh, I'm like, man, when I when I was just fighting, that was easy. You, you, you know, you train a couple times a day, and and uh, but yeah, no, it, it is you, 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 exactly. You just build that resiliency, and, and like like anything, I mean, life is hard, man. Every every day, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna get knocked down. You're gonna have those good days and bad days, but just got to keep moving forward. You're never out of the fight, John. You're never, You're never out of the fight. <laughs> cool. Cool. So Jake, I have a, a question here about, about betting too. So this is going to be, uh, you know, we're wisecracks. We're a betting show or a sports betting show. So we like to talk about this kind of stuff. Of course, we know the NFL is the most popular of all major sports. One of the main reasons is because people love to gamble on it, no matter what the commissioners say or whatever it may be, whether it be fantasy or just straight up betting on the outcome of a game. Do you think the UFC, especially being run from and, and most of the fights coming from Las Vegas, uh, do you think it's similar? Uh, and also, do you think most people that are watching have a betting interest, that, you know, at, at least a minimum on the main event? So what do you think? Do you think there's a lot of betting in the UFC? And do you think that's the reason why or one of the reasons why it's become so popular? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's it's continued to grow. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I've, I've learned a lot from you, correct, that you probably don't really know, but I've learned a lot from you in the sense of like, I would rather be on the sports book side because, because, you know, people like to bet on the favorite. They like to bet on their, their favorite fighter or somebody they know. Um, and I mean, fighting is hard to bet on in general. So, you know, if you get those real expensive, you know, Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, like those are kind of like, they're not even worth betting because they're such a big favorite, but uh, it's definitely grown a lot um, to bet on fights, but you know, if there's interest in it, you know, in a good underdog, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll play that. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a big, a huge favorite kind of a. Uh, That's good. That's <laughs> good. I mean, yeah. You know, I say that and yet I sat there and I'm a losing better betting against Floyd Mayweather. I've actually bet against him because I'm not going to lay four or five, six to one. Uh, right. Though I did get a lot of it back and I'm, I, I might be break even. I won so much money on the McGregor fight that I actually went when McGregor fought Floyd, that I actually may be even. But I bet against Floyd at least six, seven, eight times. Did you really? Uh, yeah, because I just thought that – I thought like Mosley was going to have a good – De La Hoya, I bet. I mean, uh, yeah. which De La Hoya – these guys gave him good good fights too. De La Hoya almost uh, won that one. So, um, sure. Crack, anyway. I – Crack, I ended up wearing a diaper uh, because I bet against uh, Mayweather. Oh, yeah, you said that. Yeah, <laughs> terrible, terrible. Wow, you, you had McGregor then, right? Yeah, you, you literally did. lost your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I mean, even the, the sport, as it's grown in popularity, I think it's going to continue to get bigger and bigger to bet on. Of course, just like football, just like the Super Bowl. You know, it's, it's fun. Obviously, it's fun to bet. It's fun to bet uh, who you like and, and who you think is going to win. But, you know, as you know, Anything can happen in a fight, and and, and the value is always in the dog. So, right, crack. Right. I don't know if you know this, and I don't, I'm I'm curious if you ever bet on the tie in boxing. Jake Ellenberger, when when Triple G fought Canelo the first time, oh wow, Jake bet the tie and wow, cashed sure. in big. Yeah, you couldn't have thought you won that though. Um, I I thought Triple G definitely beat him. I thought he beat him in the in, in, in both fights, the first two fights. I, I thought he beat him. But I mean, the first one, oh God, I thought that Triple G definitely won that. So you, you really probably, did you, did you even think they could announce a draw on that fight? Wow. That's no, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think, I think Triple G won that fight as well. Um, but you know, you, we know, we know how boxing is, and we know how judging is, you yeah. know, so I, 
even like I was talking to John, I was like, man, it's if it's a close fight, I'm, I'm going to bet the draw just because, you know, we know we know the kind of the. Yeah, you know, the I've actually heard Dana White critique his uh, his judges also. So it's a it's doesn't even it's not only in boxing, I guess it's in the UFC, too. Right. There's some bad judging sometimes. I, I've heard him uh, just just as little as, you know, three, four months ago, I heard him do that. So. Um, yeah, there, there's there's a few really good ones that are very reliable. And, and I think all the commissions, California, Nevada, New York and, and Connecticut, they all they all kind of share refs and judges, um, which is good. There's some sort of universal kind of rules there um, as far as who they want judging fights. But, yeah, there, there's a there's a handful of really good ones, I will say. And then there's a there's a few that are that are really just really bad. Like, do you care really, to name one in particular? I'll tell you who I think is great. I think uh, like Sal Diamato great. I think oh, there's great a, ones. Yeah. I good. Think a handful of, yeah. Fantastic ones that can really unbiasedly judge MMA and boxing as well. But wow. Uh, you know, there's both sides of that coin for sure. Wow. <laughs> I think educating the judges is the, is probably the hardest task, right? The ones that come from boxing that they just, they don't understand the value of the takedown or, or control on the ground and things of that nature. Right. Is that the, that's the biggest problem with the judging? Yeah, exactly. The, the grappling. And, and so I'll give you a couple examples. We, we were, uh, we were doing some critiquing of a fight. Um, it was in Bellator and it was a female fight. I think it was Kat Zinganu. And there was a couple of really like dramatic transitions and it was actually a really hard round to score. But uh, the other female that she had fought had like, landed I think she had done a little bit more damage in like the minute or even 45 seconds she was in control and it was a really tough one to judge so there's a lot of those a lot of those fights where there's some dramatic transitions where judges will only try to they'll they'll base a a whole round on like one minute or 30 seconds which is you know which is a problem but it it is getting better I think it's it's moving in that in that right direction but but yeah I mean you really got to have a universal kind of uh training method to get you know, just to get judges all on the same page. I'm surprised more former UFC fighters or just MMA fighters in general aren't judges or referees. I mean, I know Frank Trigg is a referee, but uh, I can't even think of, is there any former fighters that are judges currently? Uh, not, not that I know of. I, there is a lot of judges that, that do train. I mean, like uh, even refs too, like, you know, Jason Herzog, he, he trains quite a bit. So there's a lot of guys who, you know, train and try to get a, a new perspective on that. But, um, but I agree. I think there should be more, more judges that have been former fighters. I agree. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, Mr. Rowe, do you have any more questions for Jake? I'm good. Yeah, Jake, I was wondering uh, now that NFL is over, I know you like, you're no stranger to a, a sports bet, uh, a sports wager here and there. Do you, will you bet on basketball? Do you bet on NBA or do you just wait till like baseball season or do you just, you know, so I, I don't pretend to like, it's, it's funny. Cause I, I started, I, I've never really bet a lot of basketball to be honest, but when I, I, I started doing some of some of cracks picks, I started playing uh, with the, with the crack wins app. And, and I, I just say that cause he's been doing inc- unbelievably well. And I think, uh, I, I just think he, he's, he's been very underrated. So yeah, for me personally, I, I don't pretend to know basketball. I don't, uh, but you know, Somebody like Crack, I, I, he's had an incredible year. And, oh, uh, no, college basketball has been just ridiculous. So you even text me a couple times. You're like, I cannot believe what you're doing, uh, you know, in college basketball. Yeah, no, thank, thanks. I appreciate that. And uh, it's, it's my best sport. So 
Um, hopefully we continue it. March Madness coming up. Uh, usually February is a very tough, tough month to win. Um, it, it is. It gets tougher because the, people have seen these teams so many times. The media has seen it. There's so many write-ups. The bookmaker has seen it. So has seen these teams. I'm more better in the beginning of the season or even the middle of the season toward then than late in the season. But there are some good opportunities, uh, especially on the, you, you see the plays I play. I play, you know, I'm going to say 80% underdog. So there's some good opportunities. Uh, first round of March mad, Madness, second round, and uh, even, even leading up to that. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And you know what? You did the right thing, though, Jake, too. I'll tell you right now. I always say this, but I do never get to say this on the show. It's almost like the definition of insanity. Someone does the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. There's so many gamblers out there that they want to be the ones that do their own work and and come up with their own play. And if you win year after year or even, you know, month after month, whatever it may be, well, then I understand. Keep on doing it. But there's such a small, minute percentage of people that do that. But yet they expect a different outcome. So why not follow someone like me that, you know, me and my team do the research. We put 50 hours, 60 hours a week into this. Uh, why, why, why most people are out there working their, their job, you know, nine to five job or whatever it may be. Definitely. And even from my, my perspective, I mean, I know we, we've been friends for a while, but but I think I think you're incredibly underrated. Like, I think, uh, you know, I, I, again, I don't pretend to know what I'm doing. So I'm certainly going to follow somebody who, who does. And, and it's been incredible since I started uh, started following you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. My guys get get jump on me sometimes and and, and say, uh, you know, you know, I'm kind of I, I don't really use my Twitter account to promote what I do and how what my record's been. So um, I, I really appreciate you saying that because you know lately I have because I, you know, listen, there's so many there's so many guys on the internet uh, that that are up to no you know bad bad things. Uh, look, all these guys on Twitter that are you know selling games under uh, uh, you know fictitious anonymous names. I, I, I'm under Bill Krakenberger. I post and talk under William Krakenberger, Bill Krakenberger. That's who I am. I'm not hiding behind anything. And the best thing is real simple. Be transparent. I do a write-up every single week on my app, win or lose. Now, you know, obviously it's been unbelievable for the last six months, but even a year and a half, two years, we've been you know just winning. We've never had a losing quarter, never mind losing year. But I have losing weeks. I, I write up about, uh, you know, transparency. I write up, hey, we, we were five and six this week. We were five and seven, whatever it may be. And uh, most most people will not do that. They'll only talk about what they've done lately, what they've done the last 10 games, the last month, you know, because they're on a hot streak. They'll never talk about overall what they've done the whole season. That's very important. I think it separates me from uh, 99% of the field. Definitely. I, and just to add to that, I think that there is a lot of, especially especially here in town, there's a lot of just people that are not, you know, they're frauds, really. They're just, they're just trying to get – people to buy their picks that really don't know what they're doing or, or maybe, you know, they'll post just their winning ticket, you know, and I, of I course, games, but of course you know, I, I appreciate, you know, I, I know for myself, I appreciate the transparency and in something. Awesome. Like, so thank you, Jake, earlier in the show, crack was talking about bankroll management and having uh, a specific amount strictly for sports betting. Do you do the same thing? Uh, I'll tell you, uh, I do now, you know, I, I used to, I used to not have any sort of, I guess, kind of structure or, or in, in play in place. Like everybody. Yeah. Right. So I think as I've gotten older and, and try to, you know, be maybe a little bit more wiser, I've, I've had to become more disciplined in a way, you know, I mean, 
we, you know, we've like most people, we like to bet on who we like and, and our team and whatever. But yeah, I think that's so incredibly important because, you know, you can have these, you know, you can ha- take these small, small wins and losses, but if you take a, a big loss and then I think, like you said, on one of your shows, you're just trying to get back to even, which is, which is the, the wrong way to think, which is like how most people think, right? It's the reason why the casinos are built. They want to ju- let me just get even tonight playing blackjack craps and I'll get out of here and I won't come back for a long time. It's the reason why the, these monstrosities are built. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> sure. But, well, but yeah, I think I just, just the discipline factor in betting, because it's such an, you know, there's such an emotional tie to betting, but I think having that discipline is so critically important. But again, just, I think for me, reading and, and hearing that from from you crack is is really what's kind of set it in set it in stone for me awesome and jake one last thing before we let you go um the fans have spoken okay i, I put out a little uh uh tweet asking for feedback what would they like to ask jake the unanimous vote was that everyone wants jake ellenberger to create a tiktok account just to post father videos, uh, dad life videos. Crack, I don't know if you've seen any of these funny videos that Jake's puts randomly. He doesn't do it enough. He puts them on his Instagram story. They are hilarious. He posted one the other day of, I don't know if it was Jameson or Slade, um, was just standing like in a field peeing. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. cool. How, old, how old are your kids? So uh, I got a five. Five, three, and and one. So the the boys are five, yeah, five and three. They're uh, they like to fight and wrestle and give me gray hairs, but uh, they're doing good. <laughs> awesome, awesome. That's nice. Well, well, Jake, thank you for stopping by and saying hi to us on Wise Cracks. Thank you for introducing me to Bill Krakenberger, and thanks for being such a great friend to yeah, both of us. Yeah, Jake, years. thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. You guys, you guys' show has been it's been getting better every 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 episode. It's been fantastic, fun Good to watch, man. man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. That was awesome having Jake the Juggernaut Ellenberger. Did you know his nickname is the yes. Juggernaut? You oh, did. Yeah. Of course oh, you yeah. did. You've known him longer than I have, <laughs> for God's <laughs> sakes. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Oh, well, was great. Crack, um, as we wrap up the show, I just want to tell you today is a very exciting day for me, Crack, because baseball spring training is underway. Pitchers and catchers reporting today. Oh, does yeah. that excite you? Like it does. I like, like baseball. I, I mean, I like baseball. I love going to games. Nothing, nothing better than uh, hopping in the car and going to San Diego for a couple of days, popping down to Petco park, you know, where it's 72 year round and, you know, grabbing a first, first row seat for 50 bucks to a Padre game. Yeah. Now that's interesting. You pick Padres. Does that mean you would not accompany me to a Dodger game? Oh no, I go to a Dodger okay. game. I just, I love, I, I like San Diego more than LA. So I'm sorry about that, but I would, Got I would do that. Just yeah. as a city, as a place to be. Sure. Sure. All right. Are you a, are you a San Diego Zoo kind of guy too? Or I've no? been there. I've done really. The zoo. I like it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I all uh, right. I grew up uh, going to the Bronx Zoo all the time. I fa- I have relatives that have worked in the zoo for 40 years in the Bronx Zoo. Uh, I'm a zoo person. I, I like doing that. I love animals and stuff and conservation and saving things and, uh, you know, trying to bring the species along along the way and stuff. So, okay. Uh, before we go, let's just continue the baseball talk for one more minute here. Uh, my Dodgers are two to one favorites to win it all. That is a silly futures bet, right? Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. (laughs) Here's one. 
Here's one I would like to make. Here's a here's a pick. I'm not picking against the Dodgers because I do think they will repeat. But if I had to pick a couple other teams that I think could have some value, I wanted to bounce these <laughs> off of you. Um, the New York Mets have absolutely loaded up uh, with position players and pitching this offseason. They are currently, I believe, I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say they are 12 to 1 to win it all. And I think that's a good bet. Yeah, that that was my uh, team growing up. Everyone rooted for the Yankees in my family, and I had to be the uh, contrarian guy that rooted for the Mets, of course. So uh, I'll tell you, you're not alone on this. I've heard some, from a couple sharp guys, but just search for that price. So search around looking for a futures price. I think you can get a little bit more than 12 to 1, but I did see it at 12 to 1 in some places. You're right. So that's, that's a good future. And same rule applies to future bets. Three, no more than 3%. Oh, yeah, maybe even less. You're getting back a big return. So maybe you do 1%. You want to keep that bankroll in action. Keep it in action. And uh, speaking of action, Crack, we're going to be back in action next week. And we've Absolutely. got a huge guest. Giant guest next week. Next week. Yeah, I, we'll, won't, we'll, I won't say it just yet. Yeah. All right. We'll we will announce it on social media. Do you want to do it, that? Let's, let's yeah, announce it. It will be, it will be announced on... Uh, on my Twitter page, John's Twitter page, and um, any other some platforms that you have there, John. So we're going to have a giant guest. People are going to like that. Yeah. All right, uh, folks, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Wisecracks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.